You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast as we begin a new week. It is Monday, April 2nd, 2018, and I am John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Your options include iTunes and Spotify, and please leave the show a good review in iTunes if you do enjoy it. Hope you had a happy Easter with family, a, ni- a nice day. We are back, and the forecast is for the New York area to get a little bit more snow today. So let's hope those forecasts prove to be wrong. I think the New York area has received enough snow. Now, this is not scheduled to be a big storm, but April snow is enough. I think everybody who lives in the area would say that. Now, on today's show, what we're going to talk about are needs that the Jets have, but it's not going to be in the traditional format you hear. When people talk about needs, they tend to only discuss positions. And that certainly is one way to look at it. And I think it's a valid way. I think it's something you have to look at. What positions are you weak at? But I think that there are other ways you have to look at needs when you assess the way you are building your team as you head into important periods, such as the mostly completed free agency or the draft. And let me give you one example of that. Let's go back three years to 2015, where Jets actually had a pretty good offense. It's the rare recent season where the Jets were doing some good things offensively. The Jets had a comedic lack of production from the tight end position. It was almost unfathomable how little they got out of the position. And if you were talking at the end of the 2015 season, if you were talking about that season, you would have said tight end was one of the biggest needs the team had. And that certainly would be accurate because it's it's almost impossible to get as little production out of the position as the Jets got that year. Would a better tight end have improved the team? Certainly. But in another sense, tight end really was not as big of a need as people made it out to be, because you look at the roles that the tight end usually plays. The Jets actually had those filled pretty well. When you talk about blocking, they used a wide receiver, Quincy Inunua, to help them in the run game. And Inunua did a pretty solid job in that role. When you talk about working the middle of the field on intermediate routes, Eric Decker did that effectively. When you talk about a big guy you can go to in the red zone, that was Brandon Marshall's role. So while the Jets had a needed tight end, and again, that's one it's a valid way to look at it because if you put a quality tight end on that football team instead of Kellen Davis, it certainly would have made the team better. But that was only one way of looking at it. The roles the tight ends would have played were actually pretty adequately filled. So today I'm going to take a look at a couple of things that I think the Jets need. They're mostly going to be on the offensive side of the ball. We'll talk one thing on defense. And I'm talking more in terms of roles, what the Jets need, not necessarily positions. Now, there's going to be some overlap between these things I'll discuss. And some of them are easy. Some of these roles are easier to fill at one position than others. So certainly we certainly this is not a cut and dry thing. There, there's going to be some some degree of positional talk within today's show. But it's not just about positions, it's about roles within the offense. And I think the first need I'm going to talk about, and we're going to talk about four things, I think the Jets need an offensive philosophy. And by that, I'm not so much talking about what scheme the coach wants to install. What I'm talking about is I'm a firm believer that when you're building a team, there needs to be something that your team does really well. There has to be something that you base your offense off of. It's not so much a scheme thing as much as it is, this is what we do. This is what we're good at doing. 
because first of all, you need something that you, you can build your you need something you can build your offense around. You need something you, you can base your offense around. Second, it opens other things up. If you have and this this philosophy on offense, what I'm saying is that you need something you do great because it, it, maybe it's run the ball effectively. Maybe it's a go-to receiver you can constantly throw the ball to. Maybe it's a a deep maybe it's a, a deep passing game. And when you do something really well, when you're really proficient at something, it opens other things up. If you run the ball effectively, if you have a dominant offensive line that powers a great rushing attack, a physical smash-mouth run game, well, the other team is going to have to move an extra safety up into the box. It's going to have to simplify its coverages to sell out against the run. It's going to have to limit what blitzes it can run because you're going to need to commit to stopping the run first. Pass rushers are going to slow down a little bit. It's going to make the passing game easier. If you have a dominant big receiver you can throw the ball up to, he's going to start drawing double teams, which is going to open up areas of the field for your number two receiver, your number three receiver. If you have a great deep ball threat, safeties are going to have to play back. That means less traffic to establish the run game when you go to the run game. And finally, you just need something you can count on when everything's not going right. You're just going to have some games where what you're doing isn't working, where you can't really you can't really get anything going and there has to be something you do so well that you can always count on it no matter what happens even when the other team knows that you're going to go for it they're not going to be able to stop it i think that's just something you need in the nfl now we know schematically what the jets are probably going to do you're going to see a lot of zone run a lot of zone runs you're going to look to establish that you'll see the bootleg as part of the the pass you know the part of the run game part of the passing attack the jets will build in plays like that but what they need to do is find out what they do really well, and they need to build off that. And I'm not sure the Jets have that just yet. They have some credible pieces on offense. Now, this is not shaping up to be one of those classic, abysmal Jets offensive units. I think I do think they have some pieces they can build around. I don't think that there are, you know, I'm not sure there are any positions where you look at and say that's a terrible, terrible weakness. But there also aren't a ton of positions where you feel like you have game-breaking, game-changing players, guys you can build around. I think you see a lot more guys who are supporting parts on their best day. And I'm not sure that's going to cut it. So that's something the Jets need to figure out right now. They, they need to figure out what they're good at, something they can build around. And that's what I term an offensive philosophy. And I think every successful team has that. And in an ideal world, you have more than one. But you need at least one thing you can always count on. You know, you go back to the Jets, those those great Rex Ryan teams, 2009-2010, great by Jets standards at least. They could always run the ball. They could always, when the chips were down, they had that big offensive line. They could move the defensive front and run the ball, even when they had nothing else working. You know, again, a couple of years ago it was Marshall. They could always throw the ball off to Marshall. This, this Jets team needs to find that. Now, our next need, and there again, there is a little bit of overlap with our first need, and I know I'm going to catch a little bit of grief for this, but I'm going to say the Jets need a go-to receiver. And again, I know I'm going to catch grief with this because people are going to be angry that I'm shortchanging Robbie Anderson or Quincy Nunwa, and I don't mean to shortchange these guys. I think that these guys are both quality starters, and I think they both have, they could potentially fill this need. I think Anderson in particular has a chance to fill this need. I'm not ruling it out. And when I talk about these needs, it could easily be filled from within. There could be guys on the roster who step up and improve and take the bull by the horns and take and fill, fill these roles themselves. And I think Anderson could become this go-to receiver. I, I think Anderson's more likely than Anunua. I think Anunua's more of a supporting part, more of a moving, movable chess piece. 
I think Anderson could be just a good starter, could be a good deep threat. He could grow into something more. Now, Anderson's got to diversify his route tree a little bit. He's got to become a better route runner. Right now, he's got the deep ball down. Now, if you're asking me if I'm starting from scratch, you're giving me a guy who's starting off very good at the deep ball, I'd gladly take that. Certainly a valuable skill to have. Now, Anderson's got to give you a little bit more in other areas. He was not a guy who you could count on to move the chain, you know, third down and short, third down and medium. See the type of guy you can hit on a short route, can consistently win at the line. I'm not sure he's shown that yet. Now, could he develop? Sure. Another offseason of work. We saw we saw a lot of improvement between year one and year two. So again, I'm not trying to shortchange him. I think he's a, at this point he's a quality starter. He's a guy who should have had a thousand yards last year. Probably did not, only because Josh McCown got hurt. But a thousand yard receiver is not necessarily a go-to guy in this league. A guy who barely gets over a thousand. And I think the other question is, how does he build off that? Does he continue to grow? You know, is he going to be continue to be a, just a guy who's around a thousand? Is he going to be a guy who maybe falls back a little bit? And as unpleasant as it may be, that does happen sometimes. Sometimes guys look the, – the the progress chart of an NFL player is not always up, up, up. Sometimes guys improve, and then they fall back a little bit the next year. Is that going to be Anderson? Well, we don't know that, and I'm certainly not going to tell you that's definitively what it's going to be. But it is a possibility, and it's an unpleasant possibility because you like to believe that – Guys, guys will just keep going up and up and up and we'll just keep progressing. But again, it doesn't always work that way. But it certainly, that said, it certainly is possible with Anderson. We just need to see it. So, and I think, you know, quite frankly, when you look at the assets the Jets have, I'm not sure they're necessarily going to bring in another receiver. So it might, the Jets might be counting on Anderson doing that. They might be banking on him doing that. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see on that front. I think, and when I say go-to receiver, I'm not just talking about a guy who gets open deep, but a guy you can count on in big spots to make the bit to make the catch that moves the chains. I don't think the Jets really had that last year, if you look at the numbers. So that's that's that'd be the second need that I'll give the Jets right now. Now, in terms of the third need, and again, we're going back to the wide receiver. The first three could be wide receiver. The first one might be, second one probably would be. Third one could be, and that's just a red zone target. And I'm not sure the Jets have had a great red zone target. You want to tell me Safarian Jenkins was a good red zone target last year. He had a couple touchdowns taken off the board under shaky circumstances. I can buy it. You know, I've told you I'm not the biggest ASJ guy in the world, but I can buy it if you want to tell me he was a pretty solid red zone option last year. But he's gone, so now the Jets need somebody they can count on in the red zone. And by the way, these things are important, these first three, when we're talking offense. They take on an increased importance because of the Jets quarterback situation where you know that they're probably taking taking a young quarterback third overall. I think it would be the upset of the year if the Jets did not draft a quarterback in the first round this year, having traded up, having made that deal with the Colts to move up to three overall. So these are part of the this is part of the infrastructure you want to build around a young quarterback you don't want to put it all on the young quarterback's plate where essentially you're saying you have to be Aaron Rodgers you have to scan the field 25 times a game pick out which of the five receivers is open you want you want to make his life easier and that can mean finding a good back it can mean finding quality receivers hopefully it means all of these things but these are essential things for building around a young quarterback and one of those is giving him a legitimate shot in the red zone, giving him a guy he can trust. You know, if he's going to throw the ball up, see the quarters get very tight in the red zone. You know, there, there's not a lot of area to separate vertically. So you're not a guy like Anderson, who unless he, you know, if he changes, if he develops his route running a little more, that can certainly help. But a guy like Robbie Anderson, who 
you know, it's not the biggest target in the world. It's not, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a great red zone player. What you want is a big guy who can, you can just throw the ball up to, he can go up and get it. And maybe you find a big guy who becomes your go-to guy, you build your offensive philosophy around, but that's not, that's not essential. I do think, however, you'll, you'll need a guy you can trust in the red zone to go up and win balls, win those contested balls, because again, the area gets very tight in the red zone. It's not an easy place to operate and to make a young quarterback's life a little bit easier. That's a spot where he could stand to get a little help. And maybe it's a big wide receiver. Maybe it's a tight end. I don't know. And that again, that's where I think sometimes our talk about need gets a little bit muddied because yes, the Jets have a need at tight end, but a lot of the air, a lot of the areas can be filled. A lot of the roles the tight ends can be, the tight ends have can be filled by wide receivers conceivably, but not necessarily. Maybe you just go out and get the traditional tight end. And the final need I'm going to discuss is on the defensive side of the ball, and I just think it's a pass rush. Jets have not been a very effective pass rushing team, and more often than not, this need is discussed in position terms. It's we talk about offensive linebacker. Uh, I'm sorry, outside linebacker. Or, or edge rusher, and that's true. And in all honesty, that's probably how you're going to fill that role. It's very difficult to, to develop a quality pass rush without an edge rusher. It is possible, though. It could be done through blitz schemes. Todd Bowles, before he got to the Jets, had a reputation for being a really good uh, scheme guy. With the Jets, things have gone a little bit downhill. Things haven't been as effective. I think the personnel probably has played into that, but I'd be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed in Bowles as a defensive schemer. I think he's been a little bit underwhelming. I think he's not been entirely what I expected. You know, some blitz schemes can help compensate for a lack of a pass rush. And sometimes you have a, you just have a really great inside pass inside guy. You know, Muhammad Wilkerson who put up a couple ten sack seasons. So it's conceivable you can fill it through that role, and maybe Leonard Williams. Increasing his sack totals could uh, play a role in that, in helping the Jets pass rush out a little bit. And if, you, if you're interested in maybe more advanced stats, Williams probably should have had more than the number of... Williams probably should have had a lot more sacks last year than he actually got because his quarterback hit totals, the number of times he hit the quarterback, was pretty good. And that, he just converted a low percentage of them into sacks. And you know the numbers tend to show you that the pressure when you when you're generating a lot of pressure, it, it, you're kind of unlucky if you don't end up with a lot of sacks. Pressure and sacks are, tend to be correlated. So if Williams generates the same number of pressures this year, he's probably his tax, sack totals are probably going to go up. Now, is it going to go up to the point where he can be a primary pass rusher? I'm not sure. I think ultimately, you know, I, I think probably you fill this position through the edge, but maybe a mix of bowl scheming and Williams improving, and maybe somebody else emerging. That could certainly help because the Jets, you know, even if the Jets get to maybe a more credible pass rush, even if they don't have a dynamic pass rush, even if they don't have a top-tier pass rush, if they, get, if they improve it a little bit to where it's like maybe an average pass rush, that certainly would help the team out. And if you had an edge guy, that just makes the blitzes more difficult because you have like a, a dominant edge rusher who takes up, who the, the offense always has to account for, who takes up two blockers whenever he rushes on a big down well, then that's one less guy who can block a blitzer. So it just makes everything more effective around you. But there are other ways to work around it to a certain extent. So I'd say the pass rush would be my fourth need. 
And that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to it. Options include iTunes and Spotify. And please leave the show a good review in iTunes. Hope you have a great Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday.